Rodgers under center. Takes, fakes the handoff, bootlegs right, dumps it off right side. Bennett's got it, right side lines 40 to the 30. He breaks a tackle and is written down inside the 25-yard line of Seattle. And there is your dagger. It's 8.36. Jeff Wagner, Wayne Larrabee, the Monday morning quarterbacks. We're back. Our Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 414-799-1620. If you have any questions or comments to direct to the voice of the Green Bay Packers, Wayne Larravee, this is your chance. Wayne, good morning. Wayne? Good morning, Jeff. Hi, Wayne. Hey, um, <laughs> what a great way to start the year, huh? Oh, just tremendous. A great football game between two of the best teams, heavyweights in the NFC. Wayne, I, going into the season, one of the concerns that people had was the Packers' defense. Is it going to be improved from last year? I know Seattle has some problems, like on the offensive line, but was that as great a defensive performance in person as it appeared when I was watching on a television? Yeah, it was very impressive, and right from the get-go, you know, when Nick Perry uh, beat the left tackle right off the get-go to pressure Russell Wilson, they didn't sack him on that particular play, but that kind of set the tone, and Mike Daniels and that defensive front seven of Green Bay played the game on the other side of the football, which is great to see, and and that disrupted the ground game, and it put pressure on Russell Wilson all day, and, and I thought that was a very fine performance. I know the Seattle offensive line is not one of the better lines in the league by a long shot, but nonetheless, you still have to go out there and beat that line, and that's what they did. I also thought, Wayne, that the whole secondary played well. I mean, there there weren't that many big plays. I mean, obviously, there were a couple completions and things, but it looked like the secondary, to me, was vastly improved. I thought they competed very well. Uh, that nitro package that Dom Capers put in there with a safety in the box and an extra safety in the secondary, I think that worked really well. And um, this is a team that, you know, I know it's only been one game, but from what we've seen in the OTAs and training camp, and you know, um, this is going to be an improved defensive secondary. It had to be. They were 31st against the pass last year. But I think you saw, you know, again, Russell Wilson and those receivers, Doug Baldwin, uh, Paul Richardson, Tyler Lockett, that's an explosive group. You're going to see them score a lot of points and pile up a lot of yards this season, but they didn't do that yesterday. You know, Wayne, on the offensive side of the ball, I, I thought, just again, from a layman's point of view, one of the things that turned it around is it seemed in the second half they went to more sort of quick-hitting plays, three-step drops, um, things like that, as opposed to having Aaron drop back the five- and seven-step pass. But they, they really started playing well in the second half, the offense. He, yeah, I thought, you know, Jeff, that's very perceptive on your part to pick that up on TV because that's what we saw, too. They got into more of a quick rhythm passing game, and it's similar to what they did in the second half last year when they really got on track offensively. Um, you know, you don't allow the pass rush to precipitate in that regard. You get the ball out quickly, on time, and oftentimes you catch the defense at a compromised position downfield. Um, but you have to understand this. Uh, the Packers' offensive line was at times, and I would say in general, they lost the the battle at the line of scrimmage. They they did not win, especially in the second at the first half. They didn't win that battle in the trenches. As much as the Packers' uh, defensive line overpowered Seattle's offensive line, Seattle's defensive line, while not quite as impressive as the Packers, they got some things done against that offensive line at Green Bay without Brian Bulaga, and therefore the Packers had to make changes in the way they conducted themselves offensively. And in the second half, went to that more of that 
that quick passing game. Remember, Rodgers was sacked four times in the first half. Um, they really struggled to move the ball offensively. Second half, as you pointed out, they went to more of a quick-hitting passing game, and they got into a little more of a rhythm. And what it did was it saved the offensive line, which was struggling with that uh, great Seattle defensive front, one of the best in the business. Well, that's what I was going to ask you, Wayne, because um, a lot of people who might have looked at that and said, oh, this offensive line, it's going to be trouble. I mean, the, the truth is that the Seattle defensive line, that's going to be probably as good or almost as good as any any defensive front seven that the Packers play this year, right? I think that defense the Packers played yesterday is the best defense in the NFL, period, bar none. And so, you know, that was a heck of a test, and we knew it would be. And, um, you know, the, the difference for Seattle is going to be – it's funny. Most teams are like the Packers. Their defense is the, the key, and that's the X factor. For Seattle, it's really the offense because, um, you know, if their offense performs the way it did uh, at times last year and the year before, they're going to be tough to beat if that defense remains healthy. Um, so their defense is really the X factor for them. Now, obviously, their offense, I should say. Right Now, Mike Daniels just had an amazing – Amazing game, no question about it. Was there were there one or two other players whose performance really kind of jumped out at you? Yeah, I think Nick Perry uh, in particular jumped out early in the ball game and that he kind of set the tone. But I also think Morgan Burnett made some plays out there and, and some key uh, plays in the second half, knocking the ball away from Jimmy Graham on a couple of occasions. You know, Graham uh, is, is supposed to be a difference maker for the Seattle offense. He's one of the best tight ends, pass-catching tight ends in the game. And yet, you know, Graham yesterday was held uh, to a very quiet three receptions and seven targets, so they tried to go to him for eight yards with a long gain of six. That's not what they spent all that time and money and uh, draft choices on uh, for Jimmy Graham when they acquired him from New Orleans. So um, that was a great job, I thought, done by Dom Capers and his defense. Well, historically, too, the Packers have had trouble sometimes covering um, talented wide, talented tight ends running down the middle. And they, you're right, they, they really bottled him up yesterday. Yeah, I thought that was one of the more subtle keys to the game. The other subtle key to the game was time of possession. Um, and, you know, the Packers didn't score much on this defense, but they certainly possessed the football, even in the first half of play, Jeff, when it was 3 nothing Seattle at halftime due to a couple of big plays uh, in the final two-minute drill. I thought the Packers, you know, moved the football effectively against a defense that is just, you know, lights out, in my opinion, on all three levels. Wayne, we're going to take a very quick break. We're opening up the phone lines, 414-799-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. If you have any questions for the voice of the Green Bay Packers, Wayne Larrabee, this is your choice, your chance. Back with those calls in just a minute. It's 842. You're listening to News Radio 620 WTMJ. Rodgers on a quick count, third down, back to throw. Lofts it over the middle of the post to Jordan. Touchdown! Touchdown, Johnny Nelson! They beat Earl Thomas and Bobby Wagner, and the Packers lead 13-6. It's 8.46, Jeff Wagner, Wayne Larravee, the Monday morning quarterback. Wayne, um, Ty Montgomery, how, how would you grade his first you know, real start as the running back where he's the featured back? 
Well, because the Packers were not in control of the line of scrimmage, um, the running figures aren't very good. Uh, 19 carries, 54 yards. But he did get – he had some tough runs, I thought, uh, in, in helping the Packers possess the football in the second half of the ball game. And furthermore, I think when you're talking about Ty Montgomery, you have to consider the whole game, the whole – the breadth and width of what he does. All right, it's not just running the football. But when you split him off the line as the Packers did, or you use him as a safety valve for swing passes if Rodgers doesn't have anything going downfield. That's where he's really valuable. Because when he's on the flank of the defense, this is where the defense now is in a quandary. How do we cover this guy? Do we cover him with a linebacker like we would with most running backs? Do we cover him with a safety? Or do we have to commit a cornerback to him because actually he's a wide receiver? You know, that's kind of where Ty Montgomery's value is, and that's what you saw in the second half. They didn't pound it away and hold the football for six, seven minutes pounding the rock on the ground. They did a couple of different things, and Ty was a big part of that in terms of those little underneath throws that Rodgers was making in that second half. To that, to that point, Wayne, um, Martellus Bennett makes his debut as a Packer. Um, he he did a lot. He did a lot of stuff, including a lot of little things that might not have shown up on the stat sheet. But he looks to me like he's going to be just a beast moving forward. He's one of the best blocking tight ends in football, if not the best blocking tight end in football. So everyone knows what he does downfield, and that's where he makes his money. But um, the fact is, he made a key block on the touchdown run by Montgomery following the uh, the big strip and, and turnover play uh, that actually turned the ball game around in the third quarter. Mike Daniels hit Russell Wilson, triggered the ball loose, and um, it was recovered by Kyler Fackrell at the six-yard line. On Ty Montgomery's ensuing run the next play, uh, he made a key block on the offensive line uh, in, inside that helped spring that for a touchdown. I'm not sure the Packers had a tight end that would have probably made that block in the past couple of years. Wayne, let's talk to Paul in the North Shore. Paul, good morning. You're on 620 WTMJ. Thanks for taking the call, guys. Sure. When you were talking about the, uh, and, and Jeff, the three-step drop versus the, the longer drop, um, doesn't that kind of help the defense, too, in that they don't have to cover as long? So the the rollouts that we're used to seeing Rodgers do, um, you know, they don't have to cover as long anymore. So um, I know you're helping out your offensive line, but also you're kind of helping the defense, right, Wayne? Well, yeah, but you're also making the completion before the defense may be set downfield. That's the other factor that's involved there. But mostly it is to get, uh, when you've got a team that rushes upfield the way Seattle does and covers man-to-man of the secondary, a lot of times those underneath uh, routes are going to be open. And a quick rhythm passing game, I think it does two things. Number one, it gets your offense into a rhythm, which the Packers struggled to do all of yesterday. But number two, it also alleviates that pass rush, and that's the big thing, Um, you know, are you going to hit the big home run ball downfield? Not often, not against a defense like Seattle. But at the same time, you're going to be moving the chains and you're going to be moving down the field. To that point, Wayne, one of the things that really struck me about the first half was the, just the awful field position that Green Bay had. I, I think for, I don't. I think the, the the best starting position was like on the 29-yard line or something, and twice they were inside their own 10. It, it's tough to go the length of the field against a team like Seattle. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, they're going to play contained. They're going to play a safety or too high most of the time. But you look at where the Packers took over. And, Jeff, you're exactly right, and I'm glad you pointed this out. First possession of the game for Green Bay at the Packers started the Packers 17. Second possession, Green Bay 2. Third possession, Green Bay 12. Fourth possession, Green Bay 5. Um, you know, so they were moving the football, and they had yards, and they had time of possession. 
But against a defense like that, when you're starting way back there, you basically throw out three quarters of the playbook because you've now you're in a position where you're backed up. You can't afford a mistake downfield. Okay, let me ask you the question that had the national announcers obsessed: the uh, interception that Rodgers threw, and then the subsequent penalties. What was your version of that? Watching the game in person. I, I couldn't believe, number one, the interception occurred. I mean, it, it was one of those close quarters things, and the ball just, you know, Rogers throwing over the middle, and all of a sudden 92 comes away with it and outruns everyone down the sidelines, which shows you what uh, kind of an athlete that uh, Nazir Jones is. Um, but I, the penalty, it's hard for me when I'm following the ball to pick up if there was a real penalty on that play, but apparently the officials did, and, and I don't know if the TV cameras showed it, um, but... Uh, that was huge in that ball game, Jeff. I mean, to take that touchdown off the board, that was, you know, football games can swing on a play or two here or there. And it's like Lombardi said, it doesn't, you know, it, they don't always happen in the fourth quarter. They could happen to the first quarter or the second. They could happen early in the fourth or right at the end of the ball game. But a play like that could have changed the tenor of the entire afternoon had Seattle scored a touchdown on that particular play. As it was with the penalty, they were backed up. I believe they started that drive at the 50-yard line or thereabouts, at the, you know, midfield marker. And then, you know, the Packers' defense was able to keep them off the board, so the turnover didn't cost Green Bay any points, whereas one of the differences in the game was Seattle's turnover, deep in its own territory, cost the Seahawks seven points as the Packers scored on that one and cashed it. Wayne, let's talk to Jeff in West Bend. Jeff, good morning. You're on 620 WTMJ. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Well, Wayne, I, I, I want to see if you, you felt the same way I did about this. Um, Clay Matthews. He seemed like he was just a little bit too slow. He wasn't there, and everybody else was out there, you know, uh, hunting and getting through this offensive line of theirs. But Clay Matthews always just seemed to step behind. And also, where was our new guy, Brooks? I didn't see him out there whatsoever. Brooks suffered a concussion early in the ball game and, and uh, was held from the rest of the game. So he he didn't play very much uh, in the ball game. As for Clay, you know, I'd have to go back and look at tape because um, I'd have to follow the ball and and I can't I, I you know I know Clay was there early on that couple of pressures early along with Nick Perry, but um, for the rest of the ball game, you know, I, I'm not quite sure. I, I I follow the ball. I have to follow the ball. That's what I do. Well, also, I, I mean, it, at the same time, the, the tackling was outstanding, and you have to go back and look at the tape to say, did they have two guys on him, which maybe freed up somebody else to make a play? That's how it works, right? Yeah, no, oftentimes that's the case. Um, but, you know, Seattle wasn't able to block, as Larry said during, uh, Larry McCarron said during the broadcast early on yesterday, he said it was abundantly clear they can't block our guys. And uh, on the other side of the football, <laughs> we were struggling to block their guys. So that's the kind of game you had yesterday. It was two teams just slugging it out. And um, to me, that's a beautiful football game. That was everything I love to see in a football game. There were just enough big plays, but uh, there was just great defense, great hitting, great tackling both ways. And by the way, Jeff, you know people don't realize this, but Dom Capers defense was one of the best tackling defenses in football last year, okay? They missed about 3.7 tackles per game. That was third overall in the NFL last year. This is a good tackling team. Wayne, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll have a minute or two to talk about the Packers' next battle in Atlanta on Sunday. Stick around. It's the Monday Morning Quarterbacks with Wayne Larrabee. 
Drive Home with John. He lost his daughter on 9-11. On the 16th anniversary, Wisconsinite Gordon Haberman joins us at 3.30 today. Wisconsin's Afternoon News with John Mercure on 620 WTMJ. I remember the most painful things about having to do a new roof. I'll spend a lot of money, it won't change the look of my house much, and it isn't going to last. So my family would end up with little, if any, added value. Kind of like paying for a root canal or a speeding ticket. We have another choice today. Homeowners like us have the opportunity to get a guaranteed lifetime roof that does add real equity value to your home and gives your home that eye-popping transformation that makes people say things like, wow, I've never really noticed that house before, and it's gorgeous. With a permanent roof from Metal Roofing Systems, your hard-earned money won't be wasted on a temporary lackluster solution. And in 20 years, your beautiful roof will look like it was installed yesterday. Permanent metal roofing isn't right for everyone, but if you want to see the transformation a permanent roof would make to your home, look at our before and after gallery at beautifulroofs.com. And we're always here to answer questions about your new roof. Call Carrie today, 855-678-ROOF. And remember, beautifulroofs.com. Thank you. Hey, Culligan Man Gabe here. By letting us install the world's most efficient water softener and a Culligan drinking water system, a Waukesha family now has better tasting water and no hard water scale on their shower door. Culligan, better water, pure and simple. Contaminants may not be in your water. Hey, Culligan Man. Choosing a financial advisor may be one of the most important decisions that you'll ever make. The person you decide to work with will be in a position to influence critical investment and planning decisions, and the quality of his or her advice could heavily influence your long-term financial success. I'm Tony Drake of Drake & Associates, and your host of the Retirement Ready Radio Show, Saturdays at 1 p.m. on WTMJ. Whether you're preparing for retirement, planning an estate, selling a business, or handling any complex financial matters, the professionals at Drake & Associates can help you reach your goals. Sign up for one of our retirement workshops by visiting WealthWisconsin.com or call 414-409-7226 to schedule a complimentary consultation. That's WealthWisconsin.com or call 414-409-7226. Investment advisory services provided by Drake & Associates, LLC, a state of Wisconsin registered investment advisor. Insurance products are offered through a separate company, Loft Financial Advisory Group, LLC, a Wisconsin insurance agency. Clients are under no obligation to purchase any recommended insurance products. WTMJ and WTMJ HD Milwaukee is News Radio 620 WTMJ. Snap Rogers gives to Montgomery. Oh, spinning his way to the guy. Touchdown. He's in. Touchdown. And the Packers take the lead. A Lambo leap to the North End Zone stands for Ty Montgomery. It's the Monday morning quarterback, Wayne Larrabee. Jeff Wagner, so glad to have you with us, Wayne. Next game is Atlanta. The last time the Packers were in Atlanta, it was the NFC's championship game. Not a pretty sight. What can we expect? The Falcons are opening up their new stadium. Yeah, I mean, you could expect a lot of uh, high energy, intensity. I mean, we thought uh, yesterday's game felt like a playoff game up in Green Bay against Seattle. Um, this is going to feel like a playoff game as well because they're opening a new stadium with their first official home game uh, in this new Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And uh, I guess it's spectacular from all I've heard. Uh, but, you know, on the field, this is a very good team. This is, you know, and go, go back to the preseason power polls and all this other stuff. Um, Atlanta and Seattle, one and two in that order in the NFC uh, in almost every poll. And this Atlanta team is really good, Jeff, for two reasons. Okay, last year they led the league in 
scoring 540 points. That's not why they were in the Super Bowl. They were in the Super Bowl because their defense improved from day one of the start of the last season to the end more than any other defense in football. They're young, they're fast, great speed on that defensive front. Chicago gave them all they could handle yesterday, but nonetheless, this is a team that is, uh, I think, their defense is starting to come to the fore, and that makes them extremely dangerous because we know they can score points. Wayne, thanks so much for joining me this morning. We will talk to you same time next Monday. Hopefully the result, my, my guess is it's not going to be a 17-9 to 9 game next, <laughs> next Monday. That would just be my guess. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not, Jeff, but look forward to it anyway, regardless. Win, lose, or draw. Right, well, but, but winning is always better. Thanks a lot for joining me, my friend. I appreciate it. That's, yeah, well, absolutely. <laughs> that's Wayne Larvey, the Monday morning quarterbacks. Um, again, the only way to take in Packers games, as far as I'm concerned, if you can't be at Lambeau, it is to be listening to Wayne and Larry here on News Radio. 620 WTMJ.